We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 41, and this is our special episode. We've got a very special guest joining me and Corey today. It is the return of meteorologist Mike Griffin. Hey, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for uh, having me again. Hey, no problem. Uh, yeah, we had a little some technical difficulties to get you on here, but you're joining us via FaceTime audio on... Uh, on uh, uh, from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. Well, just to remind our, our viewers or our listeners that last time you were here, you we were in. It was July and July nineteenth, and there was a mega ton of severe weather going on. And we're glad to have you here. And I don't know if there's mega tons of severe weather going on now. How about up there in Cleveland? No, not not up here. We were kind of watching the system uh, that's moving across the country right now, but uh, we didn't get uh, unstable enough for it to cause any severe weather. They had some really big tornadoes last night down in like Mississippi and uh, Tennessee and Alabama. I was oh, watching. Man. Yeah, I was watching some of the uh, the radar coverage, and yeah, there were some distinct supercells down there in the mid south. Well, you know, I wondered if anything was going to happen because, you know, they had the enhanced risk out. And I saw that that thing, uh, it swept through uh, early, about noontime here in Branson. And it was going towards Tennessee and Kentucky. And I thought, well, you know, I don't see anything down there. And sure as anything, man, it started popping. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, it really got its uh, act together um, shortly, um, well, late evening and during the overnight hours. I mean, I was I was up late last night. I was watching TV. And I was just kind of flipping back and forth from the radar, and I was like, "Wow, Nashville's getting hit, and all the way down to Huntsville, and all the way down to even Jackson, Mississippi." So they had they had several tornadoes uh, confirmed by. Uh, reports and radar yeah i was watching some uh some of those tvs signatures out uh, on radar uh, last night too and i thought holy cow that's that and, and i mean is that kind of unusual for this time of year or well no i mean um typically there's a a late fall to early uh winter season uh time frame where you get some more active weather kind of like the transition we go from winter into spring uh, or you know, springtime we get the uh, the, the nasty uh, severe weather outbreaks, and then when we have a fall, sometimes we get these fall systems that do the same thing, kind of like we, what we see in the spring. Gotcha. Yeah, it's usually not as bad though in the fall, though, is it? Not as bad, but it, it catches people off guard just because they just don't think as fall as an active severe weather time of the year. Yeah, yeah, and and we do, and especially in the South. I mean that. I mean they're still in that warm, 
area and then everything starts coming down the cold's trying to take over and you got these dynamics going on um, yeah and like you and i were texting the other day and i was telling you was, you know we we're talking about cold season supercells um, when you get severe weather in the cold season or fall into winter, you don't need as much instability as you do in the springtime. Uh, thunderstorms uh, just don't need a lot of energy to cause severe weather. If you What we call a high shear, low instability type setup uh, usually gets those sneaky tornadoes to happen. Oh, that's right. That's what you were saying the other day. And, and, and I mean, high shear. I mean, there's like tons of stuff going on upstairs at that point. Yeah, and again, it all goes back to we're changing seasons, the jet streams becoming, you know, more active, very strong. Um, we're, you know, we're getting the, the changing of the air masses because we're going from, from warm season to cold season. And so with that changing weather pattern, usually we get a lot of shear, a lot of wind, a lot of dynamics. And so it doesn't take much to get this severe weather to happen. Oh, yeah. We had some really interesting happen. Uh, was it a couple of days ago, Corey? Was it uh, where we had uh, they were talking about, you know, scattered, scattered activity, maybe some thunder or whatever. And and uh, it, the sun was kind of out and some, you know, nice alto cumulus clouds going by and then pockets of these little bitty cells that have some lightning in them and we were getting hail reports and so i was trying to explain to everybody well the freezing line is way lower now <laughs> yeah and that that goes back to the point where uh in the cold season or as we transition transition uh into the cold season uh the 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 altitude or the level of the cold air in the atmosphere is lower that causes the freezing line to be closer to the ground and so it doesn't take much for a thunderstorm to get up there and get, in, get into that cold air and cause ice, hail, or even grapple. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had some grapple, a grapple report earlier that morning. Uh, I'm not sure where that came in, in uh, to the northeast of here, I believe. But, uh, you know, people, people don't know what to really call that. Uh, they, they're going to call it hail or sleet. So we kind of get out the old grapple definition. Every yeah, now and grapple then. they don't use very often. Yeah, it's 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 a very tricky, very confusing weather term, but it's not exactly sleet is when you know rain droplet falls out of the cloud or no, not rain droplet, but a snowflake falls out of cloud, it melts, but then refreezes on its way down. Um, hail is where the hailstone or the droplet goes up in the storm, comes back down, goes up back, you know, go up and down, up and down until the updraft can't handle it anymore and it drops to the ground grapple is where it's co the colder layer the freezing layers lower to the ground um and so the 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 the, the precipitation is just a, kind of a mushy um icy i call it like those uh what do you call those dipping dots you know what i'm saying oh it's, yeah it's like, it's like mushy wet hail or ice um but it's not really this it's not the same process as a hailstone it's not the same process as a sleet yeah and that's what we try to explain to people because i i think someone was saying it was sleeting it's like well no i mean technically yes they are frozen droplets of water but the development process completely changes you know the definition of what what you're getting Sure. And, and since, yeah, like I said, it's just, it's easier in, the, in this type of uh, fall to early winter to get these, uh, this grapple or these instability showers that pop up. They might, 
you know, lightning comes from ice in the cloud bumping against each other, ice particles. And so, um, and since you have colder air aloft, you get more ice up there in the cloud, you know, we get some of this lightning and then uh, and some of this grapple or mushy hail type reports. Yeah, I, I always tell people, if you take a Q-tip and you cut off the little <laughs> cotton ball part at the top and multiply that by a million, you know, you got these little cotton ball type of, you know, the texture of it. It's kind of like... Yep. That's grapple, yep, yep, yep. basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't get it in the springtime. You really don't get it in the any other season except fall is when we get this grapple. So. Nice. Oh, they call it poor man's sleep, I think is what the, the nickname. Yeah. I, I think like that's that. the nickname for, yeah, nickname for it. But, well, yeah, Corey, we need to do something name something called hillbilly sleep we could well, <laughs> that that would be a definition of hillbilly sleep to me because around here ice is ice it doesn't matter what it's called people are only gonna post it on facebook no matter what it is you know oh yeah well and also mike i, I noticed on on your uh, your facebook page you've had some eye candy up there the past couple of weeks with some water spouts going on i mean i've only been here three months and i've already just seen the weather up here, I thought the Ozarks was challenging. Up here, it's 10 times more challenging, and it's all because of the Great Lakes. Ah. I, I've always, see, I've never, I'm, I've always studied it, but I've never actually witnessed it or actually had to, to forecast for it, and it is, it is challenging. Um, so what up here, the, the weather is, is very unique because of the big bodies of water uh, around the Great Lakes. Of course, I live literally uh, half a mile from Lake Erie, in here in Cleveland. Oh. Um, and so um, when I first got here, we had so that high shear, low instability supercells, super showers, as we call it. Super no showers? Light, super showers <laughs> with, with no lightning. They were spinning and they produced a couple EF1 and EF2 tornadoes. No the way. First, first week I was here. And um, and I was like, oh boy, this this reminds me back of the Ozarks. Those tricky little, you know, showers that pop up and they start spinning and they have tornadoes with them. And then uh, and then after that, we we just had some very active weather, uh, some flooding. You know, they up here there is a little bit of a terrain. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Ozarks. Uh, and uh, so they get flooding, flash flooding here as well. And uh, their season, they have water spout season here. I never heard of this before. And so when you think of a water spout, you think of Florida, the tropics, you know. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, you've seen the pictures off of the beach, you know. But no, here they have water spouts for a different reason, a different um, – it's a different type of water spout. Down there, those are tropical water spouts. Here, they have instability water spouts where the lake, uh, their, their fall season for water spouts is, is late, uh, late August, September, and October. And so the lake is still in the 60s or 70s. It's a very warm lake. But we start getting that transition of colder air moving over a warm body of water. Gotcha. And that, that causes water spouts. And it could be just a cumulus cloud, no rain with it, just a cumulus cloud going up in the sky, and there would be a water spout underneath it. It that, is just fascinating. Oh, I bet. Now, would this be related to what we'd call the cold air funnel type thing? Yes, very similar to a cold air funnel where you have that instability of colder air aloft 
over land and underneath a, a cold pocket, or we call it the cold low pressure system, you can get some of these cold air funnels. Now, those rarely touch the ground, those cold air funnels. Right, yeah. He, here, this the, the instability is very similar dynamics that's going on, but it's using the energy from the water, and so it's actually t- making contact on the water and um, and swirling water up in the sky. Gotcha. It's really it's kind of fascinating. Well, that, that would that really makes sense what you're saying because you know if if the water temperature is ripe, you know in 60s and 70s, but you get 30, 40 degree wind coming off of that thing. That yep. the, the the heat itself is just going to catapult that cold air way up in the sky. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, and uh, the, we had a couple couple weeks ago. We had five water spouts lined up all <laughs> at the all at the same time, right off the coast from Cleveland. We were getting pictures and reports from downtown Cleveland of five water spouts lined up over the lake coming. They they rarely make it on shore because the 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 principle or the the, the di- dynamics are going on doesn't allow them to co- go on shore because they lose their they lose their energy once they get close to the to the shoreline because uh, they're using the body of water. But um, it's really it was really fascinating. I've never had seen anything like that before. Corey, we're in the wrong part of the country. <laughs> wow. Cleveland rocks. Isn't there a song that says that? Yeah. <laughs> well, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is here. There yeah. you go. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Corey and I, I mean, he he's the, the big chaser. And, you know, I'm following everything. So we get those few opportunities during the spring and sometimes summer to go and track one of these things. And here Mike's up there enjoying water spouts every day. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I literally, I literally, when I saw my first one, I was going to go to work and I, and I, I saw the, uh, the warning. There's a, we, we issue special marine warnings to tell the boaters and fishermen uh, offshore, Hey, water spouts are out there. Be, you know, you want to get off the water. Uh, cause they, they, you know, they're not very powerful, but they're powerful enough to tip over a boat. You know, they, they, they oh, will yeah. capsize, they will capsize a boat if you're out there. Um, and so I literally just, just drove. Uh, just down the street to the to the park here on the on the water, and I just saw I was just seeing them out there. I'm like, that is very fascinating. <laughs> wow! So, do you actually issue a water spout warning? So it's not, it's called a special marine warning, and we'll put we'll put in the in the special marine warning water spouts or winds over 35 knots or 40 miles an hour. That is the threshold for some danger on the water. So, okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Cause when you cross out into water, it becomes Marine as opposed to, you know, our normal stuff we do on the land. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So it's a special Marine warning. Technically it's not a tornado until it, unless it goes or crosses over into land. And, uh, and that's very, very rare. Wow. So you're liking it up there then. <laughs> Well, you you might want to ask me in about two more months. We're going to call you back in (laughs) mid-February and see how you like that lake weather then. Yeah, the the lake. So the lake is so mean. It it gives you such challenging weather and different weather up here. But, yeah, by the middle of of wintertime, I'll be – I'll probably have a different uh, view of the lake. Oh yeah. Okay. So so it's the basically the first week of November. Our average high down here now is about what sixty five four something like that. What's your average high up there now? So right now we're uh, fifty eight. Upper fifties is what we start out at, and by the end of the month we'll be near forty for an average. Okay. Well, so not-, not not terribly different than you guys. Again, it goes back to the lake actually 
holds the temperature more temperate uh, than, let's say, uh, another city at the same latitude uh, that we are at. I do have a question for you regarding some some of the warnings that uh, come along with winter weather, uh, even freezing. Uh, now, Cleveland, they have a different threshold for winter weather, uh, like uh, advisories and warnings than you would issue down here in Springfield, correct? Because we're not that, used to what we're, you guys would be used to up there. That is correct. So the further north you go into the, uh, the, the northern part of the country, the offices have a higher threshold when it comes to advisories and winter storm warnings. And the same is true when you go further south, uh, south of where, you know, Springfield Branson area and down to Arkansas and Louisiana, their advisory level or winter storm warning is a lot lower because they just don't have the infrastructure or it's very rare to get stuff like that down there and it, it kind of shuts things down they oh, yeah. still have the yeah so so yeah you're right it, ours up here is four inches for an advisory or six to eight inches for a warning yeah the threshold is higher because i think here is four if i remember right for a warning yeah it's well, yes for our for northern arkansas it's four i think it, it, for southern missouri depending on if you're in southwest or southeast missouri southwest missouri uh was still uh four to six or something like that and texas is an inch and a half <laughs> <laughs> no just a snowflake <laughs> I, I, yeah they do, they do not know what to do down there god love them milk, you know <laughs> milk and bread get the milk and bread <laughs> well and you know and and that's that's the other thing a bit about being in a tourist town in the middle of the country we get people from on, ontario i see lots of ontario license plates around here you know and lots of people from iowa and some people from texas so if we get any type of winter weather you know even if it's a winter weather advisory would just you know be kind of careful out there the people from texas are going three miles an hour and going what do i do what do i do and the people from (laughs) iowa are like you know (laughs) so it's very fascinating to 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 see the, the the difference of where you're from you're pretty used to you know, driving on, you know, Ontario, come on. I mean, <laughs> and now Mike, he's a Texas boy living in Cleveland. So, oh, yeah. I know. And I, I've gotten plenty of jokes about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, <laughs> hey, I mean, he, here's what's on everybody's mind. And I'm going to, to start it out by saying the El, or the ENSO, new ENSO comes out. Uh, that's the El Nino Southern Oscillation or El Nino thing comes out on the 9th. And Corey and I are getting ready to prepare our Winter Weather Outlook 2018-2019, which will hopefully be out in a week or so. Now, we have been uh, seeing... All sorts of different kinds of scenarios. I mean, the uh, a couple of places have saying, you know, colder than normal and snowier and, and whatever. And then the CPC, Climate Prediction Center, comes out and say, man, it's probably going to be a little bit warmer. And, you know, so we're just trying to do research. What do you think about the winter weather outlook of this year? So the latest I was looking at or, or reading about was we're still um, on target or high likelihood of going into an El Nino pattern uh, by the winter time. And winter, uh, meteorological winter starts December 1st. December, January, and February is meteorological winter. And okay. so they're you know, generally in an El Nino pattern, much of the country is milder than average. Now, that could just be a couple degrees. If you average out the three months, 
it will be slightly above average, maybe a degree, two, two or three degrees above average. Okay. That's, not, that's not necessarily going to say when people say, oh, it's going to be warmer this year. Well, yeah, if you average every temperature out for the winter season, it's going to be warmer. But that doesn't mean we're not going to have cold snaps. We are going to get cold snaps. We are going to get those Arctic blasts every once in a while. Um, and we're going to have precipitation. Now, uh, typically in El Nino, the milder temperatures are across the central, northern, and western portions of the country. Is typically the milder average temperatures. Um, Precipitation-wise, it's uh, more precipitation or higher than normal or average precipitation from California through uh, the desert southwest into the southern plains and the south, uh, the Gulf Coast region. And I think uh, you know the Arkansas-Missouri borders right on the northern edge of that uh, that that. Uh, above average precipitation. Usually the stormy weather patterns will uh, come along the southern uh, jet stream along the southern United States. That's why there's higher precipitation or higher than normal uh, rainfall or, or snowfall or ice. So typically El Ninos give a lot more active weather than in La Nina for the country. So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Now, now, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I always get this mixed up. <laughs> but but it, it's either El Nino or La Nina. I, I think it's El Nino. If we get a strong, there's like a, a, a low that develops in the Gulf of Alaska or somewhere off the West Coast. And that counterclockwise uh, trajectory, the wind flow, yep. bring mm-hmm. that more shoving it into the California area. And yep. that's why it's usually wetter, and then that translates across. It, it, do I have that right? Yes. So basically, you're yeah. So so the the upper level wind patterns cause a big trough over the the Gulf of Alaska. Um, and that jet stream comes into the the western coastline and constantly brings moisture and milder Pacific air across the western and northern portions of the country. Gotcha. Uh, the, and, the, and the southern jet stream breaks off of that, and we get these southern track storm systems that go from California all the way to Florida or the or Georgia. Um, now, typically, uh, in an El Nino weather pattern setup, we see more instances of heavy rainfall um, due to the milder temperatures. Uh, we also see uh, better severe weather chances for the southern United States. That was my next question. Yeah, they're severe yes. for the southern, right? Yeah, from Texas all the way to Dixie Alley, uh, basically, um, is um, is a prime target for a little bit more active severe weather. Um, and also, got to keep it in mind, um, when we have those southern storm tracks, you know, like the Ozarks, they're on the northern side of those usually. And if you get a little cold air filtration in, fil- filtering in, you can get some ice and snow. Yeah, so. probably more ice, I, I would imagine, because yep. if you've got that warm surface air coming up, you know, uh, breaching north, and you get the cold air on top of that, you're, you're, yep. we're going to get, uh, uh, or is it the other way? No, cold air underneath it. That's what it is. Yep. And then that will give yes. us more of an ice thing. But but cool. like you said, I mean, what, what we've been seeing, too, it, it, it just doesn't... I'm not, not going to give too much away on our our view of it, but but on the, uh, the with an El Nino, it does appear that 
we're kind of in the middle of everything. So yes, that's why it's so hard to forecast here. I mean, if we lived in Washington State, oh, warmer, you got it. You know, or lived in uh, Southern Georgia, you know, stormy. So yeah. right, right here in the middle. It's it's a crapshoot for us. Yeah, it's still a wild card for uh, the Ozarks area, just just because you're in the middle of the 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 bullseyes when it comes to milder temp- milder temperatures or heavier precipitation. You're just kind of right there in between everything. Yeah, and I know from the the La Nina years. Uh, I mean, we've I, I don't know if you were down here at that point, but uh, we had one year where we didn't have any snow the entire winter. I mean, we were averaging. Uh, 50 degrees for highs. This is all through January and February. It, it was... Best winter ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, and for La Nina has more of an impact on the Ozarks uh, just because of the, the typical weather pattern for La Nina. Typically, the jet stream buckles um, up along the uh, Canadian Rockies and the jet stream dives across the Great Lakes. Well, if you have storm systems that are diving across Canada and then coming down into the U.S., they're moisture-starved. They, they bring some shots of cold air, but they don't have a lot of precipitation with it. Hence, that's why you don't get a lot of snow or a lot of uh, precipitation in the Ozarks yeah. with a La Nina-type set. But for setup. you up there in Cleveland, you're kind of on that downstream right there on the jet, I imagine. So it would so affect of, you differently. So a, of, <laughs> so a lot of people have been asking about that, and they go, oh, we're going to get a milder winter. We're hearing a milder winter. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what happens during a milder winter? The lake doesn't freeze over. So even though it's going to be a little bit milder, it's still going to be cold, and our lake doesn't freeze over. And that's a bad thing ah. because of, because – us. When the lake freezes over, everyone gets happy up here. Is what they what, what I've been told. <laughs> okay. Because it sh- it shuts down the snow machine. It shuts down oh, the lake yeah. effects. So if the lake doesn't freeze over because it's a little bit milder, guess what? The lake is wide open for lake effect snow all winter long. Gotcha. So. <laughs> oh wow. No. So it's a trade off. All right, you want you want it to be a little bit milder? Okay, it's going to be a couple degrees milder, but the lake is going to give you a lot more snow. <laughs> oh wow, wow. So yeah, so everybody, yeah, everybody doesn't know what they want. <laughs> yeah. So now you're you're on Eastern time there, so you you observe daylight saving time and stuff, right? Yes. In fact, I was working the other night uh, at work during the, the time change, and something was really cool that I've never thought of before. And I don't think anyone else has, had ever brought this up. I kind of I geeked out a little bit. <laughs> but, but when we switched over uh, from um, daylight saving time to standard time at 2 o'clock, we jumped to, to 1 a.m. Well, it was also 1 a.m. at the same time for Central Time. So Eastern Time and Central Time for an hour was on the same time. I thought that was kind of cool. I never thought about that. That's kind of freaky. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when, when y'all flipped over, when y'all switched over at 2 a.m. back to 1 a.m., Central Time and Mountain Time was on the same time for, for an hour. You should so. document that. You need to write a book. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I was ha- I was having fun with time. I was just like, oh my god, we just have so much fun with time tonight. Well, the cool so. thing about about uh, when when the time change happened uh, for us, uh, I I was you know already in bed or whatever, and I think what did Corey you posted something? Uh, we had a, a clap of thunder about one fifty eight. We had a couple lightning strikes directly to our west, and and they were very loud. And I figured, well, I better post something because someone's gonna. Start asking Stormdar what's going on because, <laughs> and sure enough, I had a lot of uh, reaction to that. But it, it it lit up my bedroom, and it was about fifteen minutes before the time changed. So I just sat around and waited and watched my phone switch back to one o'clock. I didn't have anything <laughs> better to do. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's probably going to be a headache for you guys because if you're posting something, you you have to delineate, you know, daylight saving time or Eastern Standard Time. And if stuff's going on at that point, it's probably going to be a nightmare for you guys. I, you know, I, I, did, I can't remember if there was any active weather that night. But if you're, yeah, for instance, if you're issuing a, if we were issuing a warning, and it was, you know, we issued at one forty-five, and the warning goes out to two thirty in the morning. Uh, well, if the time, if the time changed during your warning. That would be kind of messed up because your warning would then be an hour and a half longer, you know. Oh um, wow! You well, know, because you know, if you, if we issued a warning, if the weather service issued a warning at one fifty in the morning, and then you know, ten minutes later, the time changed from two to one. Well, that warning just got extended an extra, you know. Oh yeah, long. yeah, you, yeah. You, you'd, you'd have to say issued at one fifty daylight saving time and expires one thirty. Standard time. Oh my gosh! That's <laughs> oh my gosh! That that is crazy. <laughs> I love it. Well, I I, I I hate to bring this up, but we're starting to deal with it again. The hypers are out there. They are out there again, and I I think I sent you our, our my preliminary song. I did send that song to uh, to Mike. <laughs> yes, <that> was good. <laughs> yes, you did. It, it was not it was not finished, but. Uh, but yeah, we're, I think Corey's going to whip up something really cool for that. But when we get something as bizarre as what we saw the other day from uh, that one, I, I won't say the name of the source because it's, mm-hmm. and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I really want to say it, um, calling for six to 12 inches of snow for Kansas City Wednesday night into Thursday. Really, guys? Really? Did it, hap- did it happen? <laughs> Not yet. And, and Not here's, yet. here's something I'm noticing. You know, first we had the hypers, the weather enthusiasts that were doing this, and they were reading the models, and they were posting early models and and getting tons and thousands of shares. But now I'm noticing respectful television meteorologists from both Tulsa and the Oklahoma City TV markets, they, they're getting – they're doing the same thing. And, and, and a year and a half ago and two years ago, they were bashing those same, same people for doing exactly what they're doing now. So – they just want the likes on their Facebook page as well. They see how many likes these people are getting, and they're getting them now too. I guess. I guess you know, I don't. It, it's I all don't, how you word it, I guess. Yes, it's it's all about how you word it and how you uh, share that information. Because I I got on, I was on one of those sites, and I I kind of told them this is really irresponsible because you are confusing the public and you know they they're thinking this is going to happen you need to make it very clear that this is not forecast this is going to fluctuate change it may not even be anywhere close but if you're going to show that type of graphic if you're going to show that type of data and not you know not have an expert you know person that's been looking at this 
um, for years or, 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 you know, have been studying this, don't call this a forecast. You know, that's the thing. Make that very well known that you're just sharing something, but you're not. It's not a forecast. The last one I saw, they they had a headline in in all caps at the beginning of their post that said "Winter Weather Alert." And it's like yeah. alert. No, that's not. We shouldn't be and using see, winter ca- weather alert. No, and that's kind of borderline. You know, causing you know causing a lot more confusion. Correct. People see that and they they see that warning alert. They kind of think it's a it's an active or legitimate alert. Um, and, 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 you know, just causes confusion. No wonder everyone thinks the weatherman get it wrong because they see so many different variations of a, of a true forecast thinking that, you know, they're getting the, the, the right information. I tell people all the time, you can look at whatever you want. Just try to get your weather information from a reliable source, a yes. trusted source, someone that is degreed and certified, you know, someone that actually, you know, is is does have you know the right skill set to to give you the, that information, right? And it, it goes back to what we always say: you cannot look at a GFS three hundred hour forecast and call it gospel. You cannot do that. And we talked about this last time when you were here with us live. You you cannot do that. Models start diverging. What about five? Well, in the winter about five days, but you know, seven days out, you just kind of look at it, but 300 hours, come on guys. <laughs> and, and I yeah, understand yeah. what they did because I was, I, I was looking at it too. I mean, I think it was like 300 hour, you know, forecast and the GFS was painting this huge dark blue all along just North of I-44 and crazy. And it, now it's not doing anything. So you cannot rely <laughs> on that. <laughs> No, no. You know, you can. the The best thing to do is if you're going to do stuff like that, don't cherry pick the worst outcome. I'll, you know, it's it, you know, be be res, be responsible. Say, okay, this this particular run shows this, but the 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 run that happened 12 hours ago didn't have it there. So explain that uncertainty. That's that's very that's more helpful than just cherry picking the worst case snowstorm and putting it on social media and causing confusion out there. Exactly. And and I always tell people, okay, the GFS may be saying this, but the Canadian isn't latching onto this at all. And that the NAM yeah. isn't saying it. So we we can't take the GFS, you know, and I I always tell people when you get like four days out and basically all the models are saying the same thing, well then your confidence ratio goes way up at that point. Yes, yes, it does. Still not 100 because it's four days out, but, you know, they're yes. all, you know, like you said, each model has a little different spin on yep. how it comes up with a solution. But if they're all saying that, you can you can start raising, we call it raising our eyebrows, you yeah. know, and looking at it. No, definitely, yeah, and definitely want to just say, hey, you know what, there's, there's a signal there, there's some indication from various models that there there could be some kind of activity or whatever event that you know we're looking at so. yeah and and i uh, we do the video cast for the hometown daily news uh weather page now i'll tell you about that later but it's uh, kind of a cool thing going on it's a video cast i am i am not the the best video person i'm more of an audio podcast type of guy but i'm i'm learning <laughs> <laughs> but but we but we label something if we're looking down the road uh, we to put it in the category of quote something to watch, 
and that's yeah. and then that doesn't hype anybody. Nope. It, it, you're not saying anything's going to happen. You know, if it gets closer, it's like, well, we're watching it. And, you know, we, Corey come up with a great graphic. We have a confidence meter. And, yeah. you know, in a particular event, you know, if we get closer, you know, if it doesn't get over 30 percent, then, yeah, we, we don't think it's going to happen. And and that's our job. You know, we try to, you know, we take after you guys in, in a, what is the real information? What is the non-hype information? And and get it out there so people won't freak out. <laughs> that's yeah, that's just the best thing to do. So. Yes, and you know when you were here last time, uh, I had a big bag of M and M's. So Corey and I are eating M and M's for you. How about that? Oh, that, that was good. <laughs> I, I, I do. Yes, uh-huh. I, I remember that. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell. I, I th- think I texted you. It's time for the next segment of the weather word of the week. So, Mike. I'm tossing it to you. What is this week's Stormdar weather weather word slash phrase of the week? Ooh, um, I have to think about it. Uh... <laughs> you you could use that one I asked you about the other day, which I'd never heard of, the DCVA. Oh, uh... or something. Yeah. <laughs> I put you on the spot. God, God. Oh my goodness, I could I couldn't remember what it was. Um, let's see. Let me let me look that back up. <laughs> I think it was like oh my di- di- it was differential. Um, oh my goodness! I just, oh, cyclonic I just vortice advection. Yes. Di- all right. So differential cyclonic vortice advection, or something. Oh like my that. gosh! Yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, don't don't ask, don't try, don't ask me how to explain that because that's that's like <laughs> that's like deep thermophysics one on one. Oh my gosh! That's, well, here that's, I, I can explain it in okay. in hillbilly language. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big old swirl in the atmosphere. <laughs> it's moving, moving this way. It, it's really wild. Um, yeah, I'll have to look that up again. It's yeah, and I'm glad that glad you said that they don't use that in in the forecast discussions. I mean, I read the forecast discussions all the time, especially Tulsa, Little Rock. You know, because most of our weather comes from the West. I want to see what they're saying, and then see what the Springfield office is saying, and kind of put together stuff like that. And they use DCVA, and I'm like, my goodness, what in the world is that? <laughs> so, so what do I do? I go to the professional. I text Mike, hey, what's DCVA means? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. so I'll, it's, I'll, it's, yeah. Just, it's a very fancy term for uh, atmospheric spinning motion. It's basically yeah, yeah, a big old swirl. That's what a it big is. old swirl. It's a, it's a, yeah, that's a fancy name. I just call it. Swirlies. Swirly, Swirly, yes. Swirlies. Get, get, get some low-top swirlies in there. <laughs> well, Corey, you've been kind of quiet. Do you have anything you want to ask Mike over here? I do, actually. Cool. Uh, let's shift on into springtime. How's that? Ooh, I like it. Sure. Yeah. Do uh, you think El Nino will have any sort of effect on our spring severe weather season whatsoever? Uh, if it lingers from the winter time into spring, it would be a very active um, severe weather season for the the plains. It's been it's the, been a while since we've had an, a a textbook what I call a textbook tornado outbreak. I, I mean, so I, I, that's what I would like to see. I mean, I hate to say that as a weather enthusiast, I, I like to see tornado outbreaks. They're fun. They're exciting. They they get my adrenaline pumping. What do you think? You think we might might see one of these again someday? 
Yeah. Um, well, you were, we were look, I was looking at, um, let's see, the last um, significant uh, El Nino events was uh, 2014 through the 16, and before that it was 2006 through 2009. Um, I was trying to think back then what what events that occurred. I could think of the uh, Doratio back in, I believe it was 2009, um, or was that 2008? Oh, no, no. Uh, mother, was it May fourth, two thousand eight? That was the big uh, tornado outbreak. Oh yeah, something happened. Yeah, something happened there, big time. Yeah. So, so El Ninos can be very active for the southern and central United States when it comes to springtime activity. Yeah. What do you think about the reports I'm reading uh, online about tornado alley shifting to the east? What do you think about that? Ooh, and someone else asked me about that the other day. Um, you know, there there has been some evidence that we, it has shifted a couple hundred miles the uh, off of the high plains. Now, not not to say that the high plains don't still get tornadoes. It just seems like lately um, everything has shifted eastward, and just because of the moisture, you got when when you. When you have tornadoes, you, you know, springtime tornadoes, you have to have that low-level humidity, that low-level moisture coming in from the Gulf. And we kind of just kind of seen everything kind of shifting a little bit further east than what it has been, you know, uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, you know, it seems like Missouri and Iowa and in, in Indiana, Illinois, Arkansas, Tennessee, that area seems to be now the, the prime spot for, for action. And is this just a cycle the earth is going through? Will it return back to the west eventually? Or what do you think about that? That part I do not know because I don't um, – I'm not a climatologist. So it's, it would go back to the – you know, if, it would all have to go back to studying the, the overall climate I hate to use that word climate change, but you know if, if this is a, a temporary thing or if this is going to be more permanent, I, I don't know. I, I'm not that that type of expert. Well, yeah, it, that makes sense because even though we all know the the, the Earth is warming, I mean that's documented, uh, and the you know we're having melting of the of the uh, the ice caps a little bit, you know, and things are changing. That's that's going to shift the whole weather pattern globally all around so that would make sense but when you heat up the atmosphere when you warm up the atmosphere um you, you, you like you said you are getting more moisture um in in the uh in the atmosphere and that does cause um more significant um storm systems storm systems feed off of warm moist air um and so when you have more warm, moist air in the atmosphere because of warming, that, that, that goes to say that it is, it's, it's feeding factor when it comes to, to more extreme events. You know, hurricanes, uh, just major flooding. There's, there's parts of the country that have had 1,000-year floods, but they're having them more frequently. Um, you know, just things like that. We're starting to notice those, those bigger events occur. Well, just look how fast how Michael – was a tropical storm became a category four, category five hurricane 36 hours later. 
unbelievable. Yes, and that, 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 and I was on a conference call one night with the Hurricane Center. We were listening. We get we 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 dial in from our office here to listen to the video and the the, the conference call. And even the hurricane experts were were surprised. They were surprised. Oh, wow. how Fast. Yes, it was. It, it caught them off. I hate to say caught them off guard, but it, you could just tell uh, they were they were stunned that this thing was rapidly still intensifying as it was heading into the coastline. Um, so yeah, so well, and that's and it. It, and it wasn't even that perfect an environment. That's what that that was a scary thing that was that was pointed out from one of the hurricane experts. The environment wasn't really that supportive for a Cat Four, almost Cat Five hurricane to slam on shore. That's crazy, and I mean, and something like that happened again uh, over in the Pacific. I mean, it didn't affect land, but something was it Rosa? I think something like that. Yeah, was just a tropical storm, and then all of a sudden, within a day or day and a half, bam, it was a cat five out there. So the, yep, yep. they're, they're yep. intensified. And we just, uh, we, we normally do a tropics update and I, I think we're going to officially close the tropics, uh, our tropics segment with, with this podcast, because yesterday off the coast of Mexico, we had Xavier or Javier. It's a, it's an X. Think of how many hurricanes had to go with an down to all the way to X, Wow! <laughs> you know, and it was, it was there yesterday as a tropical storm and forecasted to kind of, you know, diminish to a depression. Well, I checked today and it's completely gone. Mm. So <laughs> there is nothing going on in the Atlantic, the Pacific or the Eastern Pacific, which is the first time in how many months, Corey, we've, we've seen nothing. I mean, wow. It's been a while. Yeah. It is November. I mean, yeah, I mean, the cold air. Well, you know, really, I mean, the cold air is coming down now, and it's it's kind of shutting. I mean, the the waters are still pretty warm, but the dynamics now are not near as conducive to make these things. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. The the, the changing of the seasons with the higher winds and the jet stream uh, shear um, is, is not conducive or favorable for tropical development when you get later into the late fall. So that's why tropical season usually ends at the end of November. It, may, it makes sense yeah. to me. Well, Mike, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast and just talk geeky stuff with you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and have a, now, uh, now just to recap, you, uh, when you were here in Springfield, you were a, were the, a meteorologist and you have a, you got a promotion, right? You are lead meteor meteorologist up there now, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was a, what, what, what they call a general or juryman, uh, forecaster there at the office in Springfield. And, uh, and I accepted a promotion to move to Cleveland to become a senior forecaster or lead meteorologist here at the Cleveland office. So, yes. Do they give you a Baker Mayfield jersey when you move up there in the office? <laughs> no, but I've been asked about Johnny Mazzell a few times. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I've, I've asked if, you know, I, I did go to a few Indian games and, and oh, I haven't been, to a Brown, haven't been to a Browns game yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, they, they have some love hardcore fans here. in Cleveland, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Oh, so that do. that's in your spare time, you know. I, I was I was telling Corey I'm extremely tired today. It's it's Christmas season in Branson. We all the shows most most all the shows I think are up and running. In our schedule, oh, wow. we have on uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays we have a 10 a.m. and an 8 p.m. show. So 
So I've been up, my eyes just woke up at seven o'clock this morning and it's like, well, you know, my body thinks it's eight o'clock, but my oh, wow. eye, well, you know, cause we set the clock back or whatever. So yep. I am, yep. I'm just tired today for some reason. <laughs> Time change has that effect on a lot of people. Yeah, I think it takes about a week before you get oh, used yeah. to it. Uh, spe- yeah. Especially if you're old like me, old hillbilly <laughs> down here. And it's just busy for anybody working in a show in Branson right now because the changeover. I mean, they should be a week into the shows almost by now, but but you're still tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. So. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and the traffic. Oh my gosh, this yeah, Branson. Uh, we usually in about September when the kids go off to school, then the bus tours start and we start getting a big pickup. But man, when uh, the November first through Thanksgiving, it's just a madhouse down here. Wow, just, just traffic, traffic. So, um, you know, there was talk from some of the. I'll say pseudo hypers in Springfield that we could get some snow this weekend. Well, that's not going to happen, and we we kibosh that really quick. So as long as we don't have any, you know, winter activities going on, I think the traffic will be fine. And you know, it, it, when you get the winter weather coming in, it kind of hurts business because people don't want to get out and go to oh, the shows. Sure. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think you're all gonna get colder. I, I think I saw that for sure. So colder, yes. But um, we're looking yeah. down in I'm, the mid twenties this week. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And everybody should know too. I mean, and it, it, they 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 equate when it's getting down in the twenties, and they see you know a thirty percent or forty percent chance of of rain, then they freak out. But they don't understand. Well, the rain's going to end by two a.m., but the actual low is not going to hit to like six or seven a.m. So rain's going to be gone before. You know, so so there won't be any traffic problems and no issues there. And I was going to ask, how's the uh, how's the fall color this this season? I, heard, I saw some pictures and it looked like it was pretty pretty good show down there. We have we're having one of the best uh, fall colors year. I mean, we're well past peak now, but uh, it's been uh, a once every ten year show color wow. to me. Yeah, it's it, it's great. That's good. It must have been all that rain or all that moisture y'all had earlier. Yeah, we were lucky to get that early and beginning mid-August into September. Yep. Uh, yep. The problem is I couldn't get out and take pictures because the best time to take fall pictures is when it's bright and sunny and it's reflecting off all that color. It was just rainy and dreary during the peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had the rain train. We've had just wave after wave after wave <laughs> after wave. You know, and today, matter of fact, today, I mean, all the models in the weather service in Springfield and everybody was saying, you know, it's high pressure is going to be in control. It's going to be in the low 60s. And we woke up. I don't think the sun has peaked out one time. It's kind of through everybody. It wants to. It wants to. Uh, the challenges of the Ozarks. And the, I know. The cl- well, the cloud cover. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the fast moving system. That's why you know we get in this northwest flow in November. Man, you know things. You know that's why we're getting these quick hits of rain. There's there's another weak wave coming through tonight, and people will be asleep. It'll rain, and then by the time they get up, it'll be gone. It's just so fast hmm. now. This week <laughs> for the entire seven day past seven days, I have three point one five inches. So it's not wow. too bad. Not too bad at all. Yeah, there, there was one wave that went through that. It really, I mean, it, it. I mean, it wasn't really flooding. It didn't come all at once. It was what about twenty four. It was stretched out. It was a nice uh, soaking rain. I got about yeah. two inches out of it though. Wow. Altogether. Yeah. So we're getting we're getting our fair of uh, of moisture here now. What I'm afraid of is if we get into December and then we go through the uh, the pattern shift, and then the rain turns off. Mm. You know, any precipitation turns off, and then it'll get colder. But, you know, again, we're going to have to look at El Nino and see we'll what see. that southern... It's all up in the air. We never know. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Well, I think it's about time to wrap this up. But, Mike, man, it's so nice to have you on here. And like Corey said, we're going to call you again and hopefully have you on the podcast January or February to see just how much you really like that Cleveland weather. (laughs) I think you should do that. I think that would be very fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's wrap this up then. Uh, Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>